Welcome to the Subtle Reformation Podcast. We're so glad that you can join us. I'm one of the hosts, Ben. And I'm Stephen. And we're really glad that you've joined us to listen to us muse about formation and what it means for who and how we can be in this world. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back uh, to the podcast. It's great to have you joining us today. Uh, My name's Ben, and this morning I'm joined by Stephen and Julia, and we also have a very special guest joining us on the podcast for the first time today. So, Stephen, uh, I'm going to throw it over to you, and you can give us an introduction on who's joining us today. Sure. Um, I'm actually, uh, uh, you've caught me by surprise. I'm I'm not sure. Petey, are you a, a doctor or are you a professor? I'm a doctor. He's a doctor. We're joined by Dr. <laughs> Dr. Peter Bentley, um, very recently minted doctor. Um, and you can tell by the slightly embarrassed look on his face that uh, I don't think he likes being called Dr. Peter Bentley. But um, uh, yeah, Peter um, was someone I met many years ago and uh, we met very briefly, but then I've heard a bit about uh, Peter through my spiritual director, um, Andrew, who uh, was actually trained by Peter. So I've, I've kind of heard a lot. Um, I feel like I've learned a lot from you, Peter, through Andrew, as he has been learning. And um, I, I think I told you this, uh, um, my relationship with Andrew was he needed somebody to practice on. He needed to practice spiritual direction on somebody. And I was, I was it. Um, and apparently he's still practicing on me um, some 15, 20 years later. So I've, I've had the, the great privilege of learning a lot from you, Peter, um, secondhand through Andrew. And then uh, when there was a little bit of a, a crisis for me a few years ago, Andrew thought it would be really good for me to reconnect with you. And so we, we met in that cafe around the corner from your place in Richmond. And um, I was really, um, I'm not quite sure what word to use or what words to use, but I felt as though when I met you and I I started talking to you about some of my frustrations with formation, particularly the way in which formation can be um, uh, highly influenced by our culture and can be highly influenced by our economics, I found... um, in you a conversation partner who I didn't have to explain myself to. I felt like you, you you not only understood where I was coming from, but you had some really um, helpful insights. So uh, when we chatted about uh, an episode where we, we started to try and uh, give some definition to formation, you were the first person to come to mind. So um, we're really glad to have you with us this morning. Um, So, uh, Everybody, welcome to uh, Dr. Peter Bentley. So we might just start, Peter, by um, how about you just giving us a little bit of an update as to um, what you're up to um, and how you ended up being um, in in some of the roles and in some of the places that you are now. Thanks, Stephen. Um, my journey has been actually through I started in ministry as a youth minister in Darwin um, uh, with the, within the Anglican Church, and uh, and that led to me wanting to explore theology and an understanding of God 
uh, and develop into a broader ministry. And so returned to Melbourne and trained uh, at uh, a local college here and then became a Baptist minister uh, in a small church. Uh, and as I uh, developed in my ministry, pastoral ministry at the church, I realized that one of the challenges that I was facing was helping people in the congregation to relate to their relationship with God in a real way, rather than just in a theoretical way, as in, you know, what they, they believe in their heads as against what they're actually experiencing in life and how their relationship with God actually relates to that experience. So it was at that point that I discovered through my supervisor, my ministry supervisor at the time, uh, that there was this new thing that was developing in, within the Baptist church here in Melbourne, uh, which was called spiritual direction. And I th he said, you probably will be interested in this because of what your interests are around exploring the, the spiritual experience of people in life. Mm. So I met with, with the, the woman who was setting up the program, Jill Manton. And she said, well, next year, we're just starting a course. If you'd like to join us. So I ended up joining the first um, course uh, in spiritual direction within the, the Baptist tradition here in Australia. Uh, it was actually run not just by Jill, but also by a, a Catholic religious sister, Tess Finker. So it was across denominations. Uh, and um, I really discovered in that course a significant ministry around helping people journey with their deeper experiences of life. Mm. Uh, and that then flowed on to me actually being invited by the church where the program was run to become their pastor uh, at Ashburton Baptist Church, where the Wellspring Centre was being established and had just been built uh, the year they invited me to become senior pastor there. Hmm. And it was in journeying with Jill in that ministry, uh, having trained as a spiritual director and then being invited in to help Jill and Tess and the team uh, train spiritual directors that I shifted over into um, uh, from the pastoral ministry into becoming director of Wellspring uh, five or six years later. And hmm. uh, since then, I've been developing the spiritual direction um, course uh, and sp spiritual formation courses around that. Uh, and yeah, in the process of doing that, I decided to do a PhD uh, mainly because it was required to run the courses within a university that I had a, a qualification uh, mm. that suited uh, the courses that we were running. So I then did a, a PhD looking at the spiritual direction course as a learning process and a forming process. Hmm. Uh, and out of that has flowed my deeper interest in the mechanics of spiritual formation, uh, crudely speaking.
um, more the, probably the dynamics of um, spiritual formation as a, a process. Mm. Thanks, Peter. So loads and loads of experience. Um, uh, one of the interesting things I find when I talk to people about you who have experienced you in some kind of teaching um, formation capacity, um, it seems like a lot of people don't actually know your history with God Squad. Now, for those who are not familiar with God Squad, um, uh, a motorcycle club, Christian motorcycle club, who spends a lot of time with um, the uh, outlaw uh, biker scene and an organisation that has um, a, a strong social critique, um, particularly around things like economics. Um, and that tends to surprise people when I mention that you have a background with an organisation like that, because you don't necessarily, um, and I think this is probably part of the problem, you don't necessarily associate formation with things like social critique and social transformation, but that's your background. And um, uh, at the risk of potentially offending some people, I think that that's what makes you really interesting, actually bringing those two <laughs> things together. Did, did you want to make some sort of comment about um, about those um those experiences as well and how they might inform or interact with your, your um, understanding and practice of formation, Pete? Yeah, my experience, um, in, in fact, yeah, I started mid, midstream in terms of my history um, with the youth ministry. Prior to, prior to the youth ministry, I'd spent, uh, I think it was about 20 years with, uh, involved with initially truth and liberation concern and then care and communication concern, which were both associated with God Squad. And uh, yeah, what I really related to strongly there was the passion for justice and relevance, mm. being relevant to our community. Um, we're involved in running a uh, uh, community a support community for homeless people where we actually invited homeless people to come and live in our community with us. Uh, it was those sorts of experiences that uh, really drew me to want to relate to spirituality from a really grounded position rather mm -hmm. than from a, yeah, a, a theoretical, um, yeah, what I believe stuff in terms of my head. I wanted it to be translated from the head into the heart, mm -hmm. into the soul, something that actually uh, influenced how um, I lived and how I responded to those around me. Uh, mm. So, yeah, it was, it was a powerful experience. Mm. Peter, I've had uh, the privilege of um, being under your... Uh, teaching and guidance for um, spiritual direction, uh, especially when I did the first year of, of training through Wellspring for, um, to become a spiritual director. Mm -hmm. and I know you mentioned that before uh, in your exploration of um, seeking to uh, understand more about formation and, and it was early up in the Baptist movement that you were 
uh, engaged in the first cohort. Um, can you explain, maybe there's some people listening who don't really know what spiritual direction is, because I, I must admit, I, being in a Protestant, so I've been around the Baptists for uh, all of my kind of journey with Jesus, and I had never, up until uh, I started engaging in particularly in Campion First, which is a Jesuit um, uh, community, I'd never heard of spiritual direction. I'd never had a spiritual director. I had no idea what that was. So I just thought it might be a good thing for if you can explain to um, people what spiritual direction is and, and, I, and I guess your um, experience of it and how that's been helpful for your mm. formation and for others. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, a big question. We've, we run a three-year course of <laughs> trying to explain and form people as spiritual directors. But let me put it, put it in, break it up into, uh, into the two terms, if that's helpful. Yeah. Um, the first is spiritual. And um, there's a whole range of definitions out there on what is spirituality. And uh, I'm not wanting to debate here what, what that meaning is in terms of other definitions, but let me give you my definition of spirituality. Great. For me, spirituality is about being aware of the unseen influences that shape our lived experience. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's about being aware of influences both that lead to life, lead to liberation, lead to, you know, what traditionally in our faith, our Christian faith tradition, we call salvation, mm -hmm. which is that being freed from limitations in our life to become holy who God made us to be. Mm -hmm. But there's also other influences in our lives. There are influences that limit us and um, and devalue us. Mm. And these also shape our responses to life. In fact, uh, I think psychologists would say they are more profoundly influential in shaping how we see ourselves. And they, you know, it's the negative comments that we we hear about something we've done or, um, you know, a, a little slight criticism, we'll hear that much louder than an, a statement of affirmation. And for me, spirituality is honing the awareness of these influences in our life. So simply put then, spiritual direction is not directing people to um, you know the right answers it it's directing people to notice these influences mm -hmm. which are the ones that are actually influencing them to life and which are the ones that are influencing them against what um, we would see as um, affirming the image of God within each of us mm -hmm. Uh, and that process is a bit like a, a life coach process. You know, it's, it's, a, 
It's a coming alongside people in a companioning way to actually help them become more aware of what are the influences shaping their life experiences. Mm. That's, um, that's really great, Peter. Um, I really like how you said it's the unseen influences that shape our lived experiences. And probably as someone, you know, 29 years old, um, myself and dealing a lot in youth ministry and dealing with a lot of young adults, one of the questions that, that regularly comes up for me with this idea of formation is how do I actually get people to be interested uh, and involved in it? Um, and I guess for me, my reflection is before the incident that, uh, that might trigger it. So for me, um, I, I had just some experiences in my life where I realized that some of the ways that I was thinking and living were having some um, really negative impacts, not just for me, but also on the lives of others. And I realized that this can't continue if I want to be a, you know, a fully functioning, well-adjusted human being. <laughs> um, but there's also been a part of me that goes, is there, is there some way to help engage people in this conversation or help direct people to notice the uh, unseen influences if they haven't necessarily had an experience like that, if they're, if they're young, you know, say like mm-hmm. late teens, early twenties, and maybe that, that sense of self-awareness or awareness of impact on others isn't, isn't quite there. Is there any way to, to do that? Yes. <laughs> Just some small questions. This yeah, morning, yeah. Peter, you know, <laughs> Again, you know, uh, just filling out the understanding of of the term spiritual formation, you know, mm-hmm. it, it flows on out of the definition we've been talking about around spiritual direction. It's it's uh, spiritual formation is forming awareness of these influences. Now, how do we help young people and well, people generally? And I found it across across generations, uh, you know, um, yeah, we run a course in what we call the art of contemplative practice, which is um, a, a course that seeks to teach some of these basic practices that help shape uh, awareness. But it is, it is a, a spiritual formation is this process of, of forming awareness. And that involves helping uh, young people and I say people of every generation because I'm Mm. finding uh, yeah across the board people are equally longing for finding this place of liberation within themselves sure you know this place this this valued gift of the image of God that they've lost sight of that is within them so yeah, there's a whole range of practices that have developed over the centuries. Uh, and basically, they come down to finding ways to help people to slow down long enough to start noticing. You know, it's um, now, you know, traditionally, that's been around practices like meditation. Um, you know, we read about David in the Psalms, taking time to stop and meditate, you know, on, on, the, on the word, on, you know, on, on the awareness of the presence of God in life. 
Um, so meditation is, is one. And meditation is that process of looking at things, looking at nature, looking at scripture, looking at any um, sacred texts that, or writings, you know, um, and just instead of reading them as words and, and thoughts, actually allowing that time to notice what it is that actually is staying with me. That's a way of training this noticing, you know, mm. um, other practices and, and sort of deeper practices, obviously practices of um, what traditionally is called prayer, but prayer, not just in terms of listing a whole list of things that you want God to fix, but prayer as you speaking out your story to God mm. as a way of you noticing what is staying with you in your life experience, speaking it to, to God in a way that you understand God as actively listening and interested in your story. Uh, so that's another a traditional uh, way. Um, there are other practices like taking time at the end of the day to just stop and notice what in my day has been a gift to me. Mm. What has been a, a moment where I sense, well, maybe, maybe there was something of, of God in that moment. You know, when someone said something that actually made me feel alive, but also noticing those moments where I felt like I was squashed a bit or put down. Noticing them, not in terms of mulling over them, but just noticing that they're there. Uh, traditionally, that, that practice is called the awareness practice. Mm -hmm. Uh, or, it, or uh, traditionally it was called awareness examine. So it's examining what you're aware of. Uh, and then there are many other practices. Contemplation is, is sort of um, one of the big ones. Um, it's sort of the big central practice, which uh, takes time to develop in, in, uh, in uh, particularly... Uh, someone who's just new at it, but it is this being able to sit openly without an agenda, open to what God might be saying to you or what life might be inviting you to. Mm. 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 Thanks, Pete. Um, something that's happened uh, to us, Peter, over time is because um, uh, Ben um, was a student of mine many years ago, Ben's brother, John, was also a student of mine many years ago. And we have this experience of formation. And uh, we, we talk about our experiences with others. Um, and uh, quite a few of them tend to be younger, young adults. And they, they hear us talk about this experience. And we get so excited because of what we've learned, what we've discovered, and the transformation we've experienced. And uh, people kind of have this sense of, wow, I, that sounds really fascinating. And they want to have a conversation. They want to, they want to find out um, about this experience that we've had. Um, 
And I guess I'm just going to ask a variation on Ben's question. Um, they're, they're trying to figure out how is this any different from anything else? Uh, you know, I, mm. you know, I'm part of this program. I'm part of this experience. I, you know, I, I, I pray in this way. I study in this way. Um, and they, 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 so what I want to say to you is, is one of the, one of the questions we're often asked is, are you simply trying to be a better person? Are you just, are you just trying harder to be a better person? Now yeah. that's not a, that's not a Dorothy Dixer that we've, mm. you know, invented to get you to, you know, leap off of and talk about something. This is a very real response. Like, like this sounds great, but it just sounds like, like, are you just trying to be a better person? Is, you know, is the goal of what you guys um, are talking about and what you have experienced, you know, is, is the goal to sin less? Um, so, so these are some of the thoughts, some of the, 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 the reactions. So um, if I was to ask you um, speaking on their behalf, um, mm. And Ben, I might get you to speak to this briefly before we, yeah, we sure. throw to Pete for a response. But um, uh, what's the goal? Why? Why do this? Um, why? Why would? Why? Why should people participate? Ben, have I kind of captured the? Yeah, the, the, I, th I think that's a, a pretty good way of saying it. It's more this sense of like, um, I guess for for people I'm talking to, they're going. I'm trying to be, you know, a better person. I'm trying to be more like Jesus is this just a, a new, a new program? You know, I guess they're used to that kind of language in a church, come and do this program. You'll learn about this. You'll understand that you'll be a better person. Uh, I guess they're just wondering, is, is this just a new program with the same end goal as everything else uh, with the same kind of results uh, as everything else, just a different way of doing it. Um, from my experience, uh, it's not, <laughs> It's it's a very interesting question because uh, you you can go down different lines and <laughs> fall into little holes. Yeah. Um, for me, what spiritual formation is trying to get us back to is what is most natural to us. Mm. You know, it, um, I have the analogy of you know the the football coach or the, the, the sports coach who, you know, the best coaches actually see the talent in, in a, a player or a person and seeks to get the best of that player's talent out. Okay. Um, you know, the worst coaches say, I want you to play like, you know, Gary Ablett or, you know, yeah. uh, uh, I don't know the rugby equivalent of <laughs> Gary Ablett, but, you know, I want you to, you know, I'll, I want you to play like Jesus. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And we get this, you know, we read the gospels and say, you know, how, how can I be like, like Jesus? You know, whereas I think in reality, God created us not, as Jesus, but created us as who we are. And he created us to be, be the best of who we are. Um, you know, uh, I, yeah, I could go into a, um, a joke that someone told me about going to heaven and, and 
one of these great teachers, um, you know, said, you know, Moses turned up, uh, someone turned up, you know, and uh, uh, to heaven and 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 uh, said, you know, well, um, you know, I've tried really hard to be like Moses. And God responds and says, well, I actually made you to be you, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's what spiritual formation is really intending. Uh, its intended focus is to bring out what is the gift, what is the essence of who we are, and free it to be what it is, mm. uh, which actually means we move to a, a fairly natural process of inviting that awareness of what is liberating that part of us that is us and what is shutting it down that's what spiritual formation is about and it usually comes down to very natural processes of people helping people listen to themselves and to listen to others Mm. because it's in listening to others and ourselves that we start seeing what is the uniqueness that i bring you know as paul said you know, in Corinthians, it's it's about helping people find what is the gift that they bring to the community, you know, rather than saying, you know, well, I'm a hand, I'd, I'd like to be, you know, a foot or a head. You know, Paul says, no, you know, stay with the gift that you are. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. I, I mean, I... Oh, so many things um, that bounce off that, Peter. I, I guess my experience, um, and, and maybe there's some people listening, has been that uh, it's taken me a while to um, stop pretending, stop trying to be someone that I'm not um, usually driven by, you, you know, a whole lot of uh, external trying to please people, trying to fit into the, the culture or the, the um, expectations uh, of others. And, um, and so there's, there's something in that, that kind of movement where the, the real you starts to show up more. And I'm just curious to know, um, how we facilitate some of that um, because it, it, for me it took me quite a quite a while to feel like I, I actually had permission and I was safe enough to actually start saying the stuff that was happening inside me or the or my comments or my thoughts about stuff because I actually felt really um, I, I felt like it was such a such a big leap to actually disagree or to to have a difference of opinion or something that maybe would uh, would not conform to, um, to 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 the you know I mean this is for me it was in the context of a faith community where there's a whole lot of drivers in that and I you know, for a long time, I tried to keep up the, 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 you know, I know this is what would be expected to be the answer. And then eventually I started uh, just, you know, 
having a whole lot of internal meltdowns over actually I don't see it that way I don't agree with that and yeah so how Peter help us to know how we help facilitate some of that you know helping someone feel safe enough to be able to um, get in touch with the the real them or what's going on Mm -hmm. in that and I think I think the word that stands out in what you, you, you've just said, uh, Julia, is safe. Mm. Um, yeah, that came through uh, in my, my research uh, for the PhD in terms of helping people learn. And learning is basically what we're all about. Mm. We're all about learning to be who we are. Mm. And this whole area of, of developing a safe, space for people to be able to speak who they are and be who they are is really a central central um, clue to um, what is needed. Um, I don't know if you've read any of um, Mark Iaconelli's work on youth ministry, um, but Mark Iaconelli has written a book called, well, he's written several books. I just looked up previously but he his first book was contemplative youth ministry Mm. Uh, and then the second book which i would recommend highly is growing souls experiments in contemplative youth ministry what uh, mark uh, has been working on is developing programs around um, setting up groups of young people to be able to share their actual stories with each other Mm. in a trusted, open environment. So um, it's it's a practice that is is growing. Um, You know, the Quakers, uh, that religious community that uh, is very much into silence, but they have a practice called... um, the, uh, they have small groups that gather that actually um, provide that opportunity for people to just share their story and the group not critique it, but just invite questions of them to say, what are you noticing? What are you being invited to in this? Um, a guy called Parker Palmer has developed a program for school teachers and professionals called circles of trust Mm -hmm. and it's that sort of process that um, invites people to be able to just talk what they they're thinking and feeling into a group so that one they hear it themselves Mm -hmm. but they're also being heard Mm -hmm. and I think for young people particularly as they're going through their teenage years this whole area, which you know, you reflected in your story of um, identity mm. being so controlling. <laughs> you know, where the group is is setting the agenda of what what identity is appropriate and acceptable, that they get lost, and their voice gets lost, and their gift gets lost mm. in the mix. And it's like they're being trained out of who they are and what 
circles of trust and, and, and uh, what Mark Iaconelli is proposing as a contemplative model of youth ministry is the invitation to actually invite young people to come and have a voice amongst each other that isn't critiqued by each other, but affirmed by each other. Because mm. as each shares, then they're each putting themselves out there. So mm. it then becomes a developing safe environment when they know, oh, and someone else is feeling that, or someone else is going through that struggle, or someone else sees that gift in me. Mm -hmm. mm. I'd just say that I, I have absolutely loved Circles of Trust. I, um, I, I, I'm not sure, maybe it was you, Peter, uh, that facilitated that and, uh, and started me realising what even that was. And I, I actually remember my first, first thoughts around uh, this, this whole idea of Circles of Trust and hopefully we can put some resources um, up for people to explore it more. But I thought it was a load of rubbish. I... I remember one of the things that stood out was, this is just confessions, is no fixing, no correcting, no setting straight um, was mm. one of the kind of rules or, or guide, guidelines of it. And I had spent so many years in faith communities where that absolutely was the norm. People fixed each other, corrected each other, <laughs> set each other straight. You can't think that, you can't say that, you can't do that. Mm. Um, and so I just thought, this is not going to work. Like, this, this will be rubbish. And I remember the Holy Spirit just challenging me to say, why don't you give it a go for a while? Why don't you practice it mm. and, and facilitate it in some groups that I was in and see what happens? And uh, amazingly, but, you know, it makes so much sense now, it, it led to some of the most amazing people actually speaking about things that they'd never shared, mm -hmm. uh, having, like you said, safe, a safe environment to do that. And I, I, I was just blown away by how, how much growth and healing and um, movement in a, in a life-giving direction happen from um, facilitating something like the Circles of Trust. So, yeah, love it. Yeah, it's good. And Peter, probably just listening to some of your, your responses around this um, has probably just got me thinking, uh, I, I guess, about this spiritual formation journey in, in I guess a, a larger context, most people's experience, or at least um, mine, is that you've kind of got church over here uh, in one section of your life. And then if you want to go do formation, you need to go to, you know, a, a Bible college and do their spiritual formation courses or go to a, you know, a formation center. It's kind of something that's, that's a little bit separate. You've talked a little bit just then about how um, you could bring formation, you know, into to ministry areas. But I'm imagining there's a lot of people in uh, listening who are in churches who may not be, you know, in charge of anything, uh, mm -hmm. who may not be able to, to have a big say on, hey, guys, we're going to start making formation a really important part mm -hmm. uh, of our church experience. What can it look like for them, I guess, um, to, 
you know, advocate for formation in the church? Do you know, mm-hmm. talk to people about, Hey, I think this is something that's important, something that we could do. And what are some simple things that they could say, uh, you know, I, I guess maybe around that circles of trusting, like mm-hmm. if we were to do it, like I think formation is important. So they're going to whoever's in charge, someone who they think um, can help uh, bring formation and integrate it into a bit more of a church context with some clear, like, and here's some ways that we could do it uh, in, in that, yeah. in that place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as I, I would go back to, you know, Mark Iaconelli's um, work where he, he sets up a model, which I think is very similar to the circles of trust model. I think the circles of trust stuff um, is worth people looking at because it is, there, there are agendas that, oftentimes happen and as Julia commented uh, churches have developed cultures around particular identities and role formation stuff sure and a lot of that is around getting things right Uh, and um, that's where I think yeah advocating for setting up groups that have very clear agendas of not fixing, but listening. Listening, deep listening really is the core of spiritual formation. Mm. The deep listening to ourselves, it's the deep listening to the others around us, and it's the deep listening to the Spirit of God, that, you know, that influence that's beyond us, beyond us yeah. all, but in us all and influencing us all, you know, as Paul says uh, in, in Galatians, you know, we see the signs of love, joy, peace coming through in people's expression. Yeah, but oftentimes we don't acknowledge it, notice it, you know, and, and listen to it. Yeah, we tend to get listen, listen to the louder voices of you got it wrong or you got to do it this way or which unfortunately, you know, has been a little bit of the way traditionally uh, faith communities have developed. Mm. Hmm. Um, I've got so many questions, Pete. I'm just trying to figure <laughs> out uh, which, um, which one to go with. Um, I, I'm, so I'm thinking. I've got this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. More than happy for you to ask Ben lots of questions when we're done with you. Um, one of the things that makes my blood boil is um, back in the day when you could go to a bookstore. Remember that in Victoria when yes. you could actually go into a physical bookstore? Um, one of the things that would make my blood boil were those mindfulness colouring books. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen them. Yes. And I just thought how quickly has mindfulness and contemplative practice how quickly has it become another commodity Mm. it's been appropriated Mm. and someone's making money out of it Mm. and i I became aware of this a a few years ago when one of the media outlets had done a an expose on 7-eleven and they Mm. discovered that 7-eleven workers were being you know grossly underpaid wage theft is, is the technical term. And in the way in which my brain works, I just saw this, you know, someone presiding over a corporation, underpaying their employees, you know, expecting them to perform um, and not remunerating them appropriately. 
Mm. Um, you know, creating a culture where um, every employee was competing with one another and the stress levels were climbing. So what do you do? Mm. You buy everybody a mindfulness mm. coloring book. <laughs> you enroll people mm. in a mindfulness course. Mm. Whereas I, I'm kind of convinced that formation and mindfulness, you know, coming back to that earlier comment, you're talking about a passion for justice. Mm. Mindfulness is not something that we use as a program to pacify and to anesthetize people. It's mm. something that helps us actually see what is happening and something that helps us find a firm foundation upon which to stand in which we can begin to seek transformation beyond our, mm. our individual self, a, a broader kind of transformation. And I think mm. looking at the list of questions that we put together prior to having you, you on the show, I'm, I'm looking at things like, um, uh, you know, isn't this just another version of trying to be a better person? Um, isn't this just another version of, um, uh, you know, control and, mm. and behaviour management? Um, th those are just some of the things that I've been thinking of um, as I've listened to you the last mm. sort of five to ten minutes. Mm. Um, and, and, and I'm looking at you nodding now. What, what's going on when you're, when you're hearing me <laughs> make those reflections, Peter? Um, it's interesting that, you know, the, one of the traditions in the church um, that shaped a lot of spiritual formation was the tradition of Lexio Divina, which mm. is a process that leads us from uh, reading or experiencing life, meditating on it, praying, expressing what's coming out of our meditation to God, and then sitting, contemplating, you know, what, what God is inviting us to. Mm. Uh, it's interesting that uh, it was a four-step program which ended in contemplation or mindfulness. Uh, and it's been only recently that um, uh, a Lexio version has come out that has added on two more steps. Uh, and that is uh, action and uh, the, the last one's called collatio, which means collating what you're, you're, you're uh, experiencing and learning through your action into your lived experience, mm. which I call transformation. Mm. Uh, and for me, that's the key. And I, I go back to the analogy of, you know, the coach training the, the, the footballer, you know, to, to, to bring the talent out of the footballer. And it's no, yeah, it's no, um, there's no use the guy, uh, you know, being trained and, and his skills being honed to then just run around the oval, you know, at training practice. It's, mm. it's about the game, engaging yeah. and, and preparing for the game. And, uh, yeah, that's where the honing of awareness of who we are, who we've been made to be, what gift we are. So this honey of awareness of, uh, you know, the influences that liberate us, that, that bring out the value in us, uh, just the preparation for us to then take those same values, those same awarenesses out into the world to live out the liberation, the valuing, the affirmation, 
of the gifts in others and in the world. Mm. Uh, for me, uh, yeah, if we stop at contemplation and mindfulness, we've, we've missed the whole point of it. Mm. It is preparation for action. Action based in what I identify as those three pillars that Paul talks about. You know, action in love, action in faith, and action in hope. Mm. You know, action, action that's grounded in valuing others, action that's value, uh, grounded in, in knowing but not knowing what's ahead and acting, even though I don't know, but I know that liberation and value is, is the priority here rather than devaluing and putting people down and trying to, to, to make them look like me. Yeah. Wow. So, and when I actually can act out of, out of, sorry, that, sorry, Pete, that's all of our minds exploding as we're <laughs> listening to you. Keep going, mate. <laughs> it's when I act out of that, that agenda, when I'm acting out of that agenda, mm. something happens in me that changes me. Mm which for me is the ultimate goal in this whole process of transformation, taking me beyond the limited form that I conceived when I start the journey to a new form, not a different form, but actually the complete form of who I am. Yeah. That's wow. the invitation. That's the invitation to us. Oh man. Cause again, forgive me. Uh, <laughs> Many things make my blood boil. I'm a one on the Enneagram, Pete, so I, I, we do anger. But, um, <laughs> you know, when people talk about, oh, you know, the best version of yourself, and I just think you're just setting yourself up for another form of failure. Mm. <laughs> but you talk about the complete self, mm. not a better version, no. but a whole version. And I just, yeah. but I'm done, Ben. That's yeah. my takeaway. <laughs> I just want to listen to that last couple of minutes again on replay. <laughs> For the rest of our lives. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Pete, we've got a bunch of questions here. I'm, I'm just trying to, because I know we need to wind up. Um, I reckon, I reckon um, two, two questions, one, one hopefully a quicker one. But the bigger question, um, and I think this was Tom, um, one of the other team members on the, uh, on the podcast here who works with us in the background, um, he said, I, I remember typing this out as he said it. He said, if you could go back and visit your younger self, knowing what you know now, what would you go back and tell your younger self about the stuff that really matters? Yeah. Going back to my early days uh, in, in church, um, the things that stay with me are the crit critical things. And if I could go back and say, Peter, you are made in the image of God. You are valued. You have amazing gifts. How can I help you hone those in a way that both you are fully alive and you can share your aliveness with others? That's what I would be on about. I just, as I say, recall, I recall what, when I was uh, a, a teenager in the Brethren Church um, back in those days, uh, you'd go into a service and, and it was a spontaneous service. So uh, whoever felt led to 
introduce a hymn would introduce a hymn. Whoever felt led to pray would pray. Whoever felt led to, to preach would preach. Whoever would feel led to lead the communion would lead the communion. And I hadn't, I'd been in the church uh, for, for years and I, I was getting to that age of thinking, I, I'm now old enough to participate in this. So one day I got up in church, stood up and prayed. You know, I, I'm sure I was quiver, quivering right to the, the, down to my boots. But uh, I thought, oh, you know, I've made it. You know, I've done what the men in the church do. You know, they, they get up and they pray. And, and so, I, you know, so I was expecting one of the elders to come up to me afterwards and say, congratulations, Peter, on, you know, becoming part of the ministry of this church. Uh, and I had one of the elders approach me at the end of that service and he came up to me and said, Peter, don't ever let me see you get up and pray in church with your hair over your collar. That memory still stays with me. There weren't many memories of someone coming up and saying, Peter, you've got amazing gifts, you know, as a teenager. You know, you've got potential. And I can see so much potential in you. How can I help you find that? Hmm. Yeah. Well. Yeah, well. Hmm. I feel like we probably need to leave it there, Ben. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. I think so too. I think that's a, a good way to end it. Hmm. But... um. I, I wonder just before we do, um, I'd be really keen just to maybe hear some of your reflections, Julia, after um, sitting with Peter in this way, and then hearing some of yours as well, Ben. Just what, sure. what's going on? What's going on for you guys? Maybe I'll start with you, Ben, because then you can wrap us up at the end. So, yeah, what, what, what's what's been going on for you, Ben, as you've been listening? Um, I think the the major thing that's been standing out to me obviously the last couple of minutes have been quite profound in terms of some of your reflections, Peter, around, uh, you know, the faith, hope and, and love angle. But what's, what's really stood out to me in all of this and, and I guess been quite challenging to me is this idea of the deep listening. I just wrote that down straight away and was like, that's uh, something that is incredibly important. Deep listening is the core of spiritual formation. I think you said listening to ourselves, others and God and, um, that for me has been quite challenging. I have a bit of a natural tendency, particularly with others is to, um, to listen, I guess, to solve uh, kind of what's going on. I feel sometimes as, as someone who's in ministry, that that's what people want. They want to come to me and kind of talk about it. And then they want me to help, help solve um, what's going on for them. But actually wondering if now, if I'm, if I'm wanting to create an environment where formation is um, valued, creating a safer environment to rather just sit and listen and really deeply listen to, to others, both for, for what they can teach me, but also for just them to feel, like you said, heard. There's no uh, critiquing, no straightening out, um, none of that sort of stuff coming from me, but rather creating a safe place where they're able to to talk about those things is important. And then the other thing I think that's come back to me is I remember doing, um, 
I think it was an Ignatian examine for a little while when I was like 23 or 24 at the end of the day, like reflecting on the day that was. And, uh, and you talking about the examine at the end of the day reminded me of that. And I forgot how fruitful um, that was to do uh, for a while there. And definitely something that I felt as I was listening to it. It's like, you know, not to be religious about it, but actually that's something I should really start looking at doing again as I'm, you know, um, winding up for the day, just examining, you know, yeah, what were those moments that I really kind of walked in step with what God and his spirit was doing within me. But what are those moments that, that I missed or those moments where I felt small, uh, those moments where I limited myself, those moments where I told myself uh, a, a false narrative that I've been believing for a long time. Um, I think could actually be really helpful because I think is it was it Rowan who said in year in the sun, Stephen, he would regularly say like an unreflected experience is a wasted experience. Yep. And yeah, that was his, his yeah. catch cry. Yeah. So all of those things came together in a moment for me, what just listening. And I was like, have I been wasting too many days because I haven't been reflecting hmm. on the experience of that day? So yeah, there are a couple of things that really, as you've talked and shared, Peter have really stirred up and um, challenged hmm. me and I guess in, and encouraged me as well at the same time. Hmm. Thanks, Ben. How about, how about you, Julie? What's been going on listening to Pete, interacting with Pete? Oh, boy. My, my. Um, look, think, look how many notes I took. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, if you can send them to us, that'd be great too. Because yeah. I was just sitting there, just, I think, gobsmacked by. I, I, I just, I really loved, Peter, that you, um, you know, your, your working definition of formation is, is really on the ground um, with ordinary everyday folk. And I, I think that's so important because I, I, I think a lot of my formation stuff has been around academia, um, which, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's just sort of probably triggered me a bit because I, I feel like, again, that, that, that has a tendency to, to do something in me where I, I still feel like I'm not good enough. I haven't got enough eloquent kind of, I haven't got the right words. I haven't got the right, you know, I just, I just, it's always not enough, you know, you, and that, um, so that was really um, beautiful. And I think even your, your time talking around the, the, being with the God squad or, or, or other people being in a congregation because, you know, this is the point of it, isn't it? It's, it's, it's being, doing life with other people. And then, um, you know, I always feel like I've, I've got such a heart for people who are on the fringes of things, like the people who don't feel like they're ever gonna, you know, like they, they just can't play in the, in the arena or they feel like they can't play in the arena because they're, they're, they're not clever enough or smart enough or, or eloquent enough or whatever. You can, you can see there's a narrative in this. I'm sure it could be unpacked in spiritual direction. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's, I love that, you know, that, that's where it all, you know, really is grounded um, for you, which is why it's so beautiful because, you know, how wonderful is it to get across, you know, people who, um, when you see people coming alive, when you, when you really, you know, encourage people and, um, and, and keep sort of reminding people of that, um, of, 
that they're gifts. I, th I think that was the other thing that stood out for me this morning. You use that quite a number of times. You are a gift. We are all a gift. And I, yeah, I just, just thought that was, um, I, I'm sure that there's going to be some listeners who that will really resonate with because, you know, there's, there's, sadly, there's not enough arenas where, um, where that is, is, is the dominant narrative. Um, so, yeah, and I, and I love that one other thing that I, I've, I've wanted to chat with you about, but then we'd go on for an hour and a half, um, <laughs> is helping people to slow down long enough. Mm. And, and I, I just, I, I think, you know, that for some of us who are much more inclined to just want to, you know, rush through stuff. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah, did that. Yeah, that wasn't great. Oh, I'm moving right along. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's, I, I think, <clears throat> I think, yeah, there's some conversation around that, how you, how you help, um, how you enable that to happen. Um, because for me, it was like, <clears throat> honestly, years, years of, um, of, of being immersed in it and, and firstly feeling like it was the most unnatural thing ever to slow down, to reflect, to <clears throat> stay with things. <clears throat> but, then, but then to, um, to, to kind of stay, and I, I, I think it is that stay with it long enough, isn't it? If you, if you feel yeah. like you're, I think what kept me was that I, I, I felt like I, there was something of God in it, like God was doing something in this that even though I didn't really understand what it was, and I also felt quite embraced and, and included, which also is what stops you from running away. <clears throat> you know, oh, this is dumb, stupid, I don't want to do this. And then, you know, we have a tendency to just leave the thing and go, oh, no, nah, that, tried that out, didn't work. Yeah. So thank you, Peter. Yeah, yeah thank you, mate. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Peter, I think just even our reflections are uh, just a testament to what you've shared with us today. And so I want to say a massive thank you for joining us mm, uh, on yes. the podcast today. Uh, it's been a huge blessing to me personally, and you know, obviously it stirred up some stuff for Stephen and Julia too. So it's, it's obviously been a blessing to them too. And I'm sure for those uh, listening along uh, to this podcast, I'm sure they've got a, a whole bunch out of it uh, today. So thank you so much for giving up your time to come and share what you know uh, about formation. And uh, um, Ben, I was Stephen. just thinking we might, uh, we might put some links to the courses that um, yeah. Peter teaches in the show notes as well. If people want to be in contact with Peter. Definitely, definitely can do that. But uh, yeah, so we just want to say a, a huge thank you again. And look, guys, it's been great to, to gather together today and uh, record this podcast. And we hope uh, all of you listening along have been able to be blessed around this topic of personal formation. And uh, as always, if you've got any questions, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, our email is in the show notes and obviously you can reach out uh, via Anchor as well and leave a voice message. But if you've got any questions that have been stirred up from what Peter uh, said today, please reach out to us. We'd love to continue uh, to do this journey. And we promise that we'll listen deeply to what it is that you've, uh, you've got on your mind and on your heart uh, because of this. So thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. Thanks again, Peter. Uh, it's been great. And uh, we hope you've been blessed 
uh, by this podcast this morning. Thanks, everybody.